You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. nightmare for people that had to try to prepare for him because he, he had unique skills. Just go get the quarterback. I felt sorry for some of those poor tackles that came in and had to go against him because they didn't realize what they were getting themselves into. Hey, baby, let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Lights out. Sacking the cornerback is just like uh, like you like you devastate a city or you cream or you cream a multitude of people. I mean it's just like like you put all the offensive players in one bag and I just take a baseball bat and beat on the bag. So each time he came over there, I tried to tear his damn head off. Let's play some football! Let's play some football! The pressure is on. This is Off the Edge on Tide 100.9. Focus on what you want to do, what you want to accomplish. Think about that. Don't think about how you feel, how tired you are, how hot it is. You've got to push yourselves on the field when you're playing football. It's my honor to present the National Championship Trophy to Coach Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. To me, this is the ultimate team. All these guys bought into everything they needed to do to be the best players that they could be. There's more togetherness on this team than almost any team that we've ever had. And they had to overcome and persevere so much adversity through this season. And they've done it magnificently. And I'm so proud of this group for what they've been able to accomplish in going undefeated and winning the national championship. Screening live on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and the Tide 100.9 app. Here is your host of Off the Edge, Jacob Harrison. Hello there, good morning. Welcome into Off the Edge, Tide 100.9, your home for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. My name is Jacob Harrison. So glad that you're with us here on a beautiful Tuesday morning. It's sprinkled a little bit, a little bit overcast, but the weather feels great. And it's just a great day to get kicked back in after the 4th of July holiday with some sports talk radio. Big props, big thanks to uh, to Travis Ryer on an incredible five years here at Tide 100.9 and uh, the near year that I got to produce, produce for him. Learned a lot in that time period and very, very much enjoyed uh, that show. Southern Fried Sports, one of the best that we had. But I'm excited to be filling the spot now and giving you the best new analysis here in T-Town. Shows brought to you, as always, by Alabama Vintage 2210 University Boulevard under the Crimson Awning. 
in the heart of downtown T-Town across from City Hall. Charlie has got an incredible store there lined up for you, filled to the brim with vintage apparel, whether you need T-shirts, sweaters, starter jackets, hats, great growing uh, shoe collection there. Uh, he got some uh, football cards in the other day. There's all sorts of stuff in that store that can help flesh out, help boost your fandom, whether you're an Alabama fan, whether it's professional team stuff that you're looking for, whether it's on your person, in your home, in your man cave, lady cave, whatever the case may be, Charlie has got the gear to hook you up and uh, boost your fandom. So that's not the only thing going on at Alabama Vintage, though. You can go check out the news over at Tide109.com, but Alabama Vintage has partnered with three, or excuse me, it is now up to four, uh, Alabama Crimson Tide football players. He's looking for even more, by the way, for, for any players that are out there listening that, that want to find that brand ambassadorship, get their name out there with the NIL rules opening up. Uh, he's got Javian Cohen, Olajuwon Sparks, Damian George, uh, another who, who I've missed that, that wasn't included in the story, and Mississippi State forward Javian Davis, who began his basketball career here at Alabama. Uh, not only that, though. Autograph sessions are getting ready to be lined up there at Alabama Vintage and uh, Tide 109 off the edge. Myself, we're going to make sure that we do do right by Alabama Vintage, give them the, the props for uh, putting those sorts of things together and giving fans and the athletes an opportunity to really take advantage of the NIL situations that are going on, which will, of course, be the main discussion throughout the day here. Uh, anyone who's listened to me cover for, for Travis, cover for Gary, or on my own show when it was on Mondays and Fridays, knows that I am a big advocate, supporter, fan of what's going on in NIL with the name, image, and likeness compensation that is coming for these players, has come for these players, the big paydays, the big opportunities that lay before them. Big fan here. Big fan. And I'm excited to kind of see how it continues to grow. We, you know, We've gotten even more news just this morning with what's going on with the Miami Hurricanes. Those sorts of things. There's plenty to be excited about. There's plenty to be hesitant about, too. Uh, I understand that change is scary, and I understand some of the trepidations that a few folks have. But nonetheless, most of what we've seen has been positive, and most of what we've seen has been fun and, and something to be excited about. At 11.15, Amanda Kristovich will join the show. She is from Front Office Sports, who has done a bang-up job covering all of these NIL situations. We'll get her thoughts and analysis on many of the deals that we have seen, uh, how women really took advantage of this. The The lady athletes have been all over this with uh, taking advantage through social media. You know, it was something that, that we've talked about a lot in, you know, just the, uh, the waning moments as we were building up to the opening of NIL was, okay, well, what about athletes that play in sports that don't, make a lot of money or actually take money away from universities. And what about female athletes? Are they going to be able to keep up with football players? And Olivia Dunn and the Cavendier twins from Fresno State, uh, Dunn, the gymnast at LSU, they've blown it away. And they're not the only ones. So uh, we'll get Amanda's thoughts on all those situations and more. If you want to join the show, you certainly can. Uh, before and after our interview with Amanda, 205-342-9904 is the number to call. And we'll be sure to to get your thoughts on all these sorts of things. It is uh, the 27th anniversary, Joe Gaither, of Forrest Gump. 
What's your favorite Forrest Gump sub story? Oh, oh gosh. I mean, that's one of my favorite movies. Uh, one of my okay. Uh, just off the off rip, the, probably my favorite one is, is is that he just goes off running. He's heartbroken, yeah. and uh, he he takes he decides that. You know, uh, if I can make it to the bridge, I can make it to, you know, what he just goes on that little, uh, if I can go make it this far, I can keep going. And then finally, he, oh, I've been running for three years, such and such days. <laughs> I'm kind of tired. I think I'll go home now. Yeah. And it's like, man, that, that's uh, what an epic heartbreak to cause you to run for uh, that, 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 that many years. Uh, there's so many good little <laughs> sub stories. Obviously, uh, for us here at Tide 100.9, him running through uh, Bear Bryant's practice <laughs> and getting, getting, getting uh, discovered for, for, the, for the Crimson Tide football team uh, stands out. But what a great movie. 27 years ago. 27 years makes me feel and, a little and you know old. a lot of people don't realize uh well maybe my, my age or younger that it was actually a book originally yeah. Uh, yeah. uh so uh the original subtext was written material uh groom groom winston groom yeah yeah uh, was the author there so yeah uh my favorite would have to be when he when they superimpose him in all the meetings with the presidents and he's telling i, I think it was kennedy He's telling me he got shot in the shot in the butt. Uh, bullet bounced up off the ground, bit him in the butt, and uh, the president's like, "I'd like to see that." <laughs> and he shows it. I love Forrest Gump. Uh, long movie. Jenny's a terrible person, but incredible story. Uh, Tom Hanks absolutely kills in that movie too. So I don't know. A little bit of fun. If you want to call and tell me your favorite Forrest Gump moment from that movie, I'm all here for it. I love Forrest Gump, uh, and of course, plays a lot into our culture here in the state of Alabama. Let's go out to the hotline before we check in with Amanda Kristovich of Front Office Sports and meet with JR. What's going on, dude? Hey, your first caller. Yeah, in the morning slot, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the morning slot. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, I um, I wanted to uh, say to you uh, uh, real quickly on the Forest uh, Comp, I like the scene where uh, they're out there in the hurricane in the shrimp boat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and then uh, the sergeant's up on the front. Is this all you got? <laughs> Something like that. That was so cool. And then they come coasting in, and and, and they're the only shrimp boat survived. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what started. Have you, have you ever uh, gotten the chance uh, to eat at a Bubba Gump's restaurant, Jr.? No, I have not. Oh man, it's killer. Been in New Orleans. Uh, I think there's one in New Orleans. There's one in Orlando as well. Oh, oh. I uh, I went to New Orleans not too far along back, uh, and uh, I I had so many things on the bucket list to go do while I was there that that just didn't top the list. So I hear you. Same here. <laughs> What's on your mind, Joe? Well, uh, just uh, wanted to kind of get with you and uh, talk about Alabama recruiting and uh, and of course this uh, topic of. Uh, Antonio Kite has been coming up a little bit with Gary Harris. I spoke with him earlier, and uh, we mentioned him and how he's a spectacular basketball player and how that's going to translate over into uh, his football career. What really puzzled me was as good as he was in basketball and as little as football as he played, how he made that decision to go with football at Alabama instead of going with basketball. And uh, I want to know what you thought about that. Well, I think it's always interesting when, when a guy decides to play football instead of any other sport simply because of the fact that um, it's a much more dangerous sport. You know, like 
you know, baseball, basketball, they come with their own injuries. They certainly do. But with football, you know, you're, you're risking a lot just by playing the sport. And uh, if you've got an opportunity to make money doing other things, I, you know, as much as I love football, probably be the, the, the thing I would suggest. But still, standing at 6'1", 180, doesn't really play into playing basketball long-term. So you got to stick with what's long-term. It's the same thing with uh, Kool-Aid McKinstry, uh, you know, wanting to play basketball, wanting to play receiver, wanting to play cornerback. You know, okay. as far as we know, you know, because Auburn said, hey, you can come do all those things. You can come do all that, and, and we'll have a grand old time. You know, at some point, somebody's got to be realistic with you and say, look, this is what you can do, and this is what can happen if you succeed at what you can do. You want to go play in the NFL? You want to make a lot of money? Do what you can do and be really good at it. So maybe that's the situation with Antonio Kite. Uh, and as far as being a guy that, that's only played one real year of football, and that was a COVID year, and now he's coming out uh, you know, for a senior season and has got the opportunity to go to a lot of camps, already got four stars behind his name, and uh, you know, the commitment to Alabama, that plays a lot into to being able to understand what you are good at and what you can do and taking advantage of the situation. I like I like the kid. Yeah. I mean, I, I can see where he, he'll be an outstanding safety, and I think that's where he's aiming at. And, um, but, yeah, it, I, but I was asking Gary, do you think he would or can or would he uh, play basketball as well if that, that just didn't pan out too well in the football? Do you think he'd just jump back over into basketball? I don't know. Uh, I know McKinstry's got got a spot over there. I don't, he doesn't have a scholarship for basketball, so I imagine Kite could do the same thing if he really wanted to. Uh, but the the roster over there, man, even with losing guys like Shackelford and uh, well to the transfer yeah, portal, he hasn't he hasn't left. But I mean that that roster is pretty stacked. So to to get yeah, a guy like Jaden Shackelford to put his name in the transfer portal and really sound like he's leaving, uh, that that tells you about all you need to know if you're a guy coming in trying to do both. Well, that might be true, yeah. Uh, but anyway, I, that's what I've always more or less uh, talked about and, and really got much else on my mind right yet. But I've been uh, anxious to hear your show. I have listened to you in the morning uh, or in the evening at times. I called in a few times. So. Yeah. But uh, I look forward to getting more time. And I really missed the opportunity to call in last Friday, and I regret that because I really wanted to say something to uh, Travis before he yeah. left because I sure liked him a lot and I, I hate that I missed uh, an opportunity to talk with him before his end of his show. But uh, you talk to him, tell him Jr. said, "Hey, and I'll be watching this podcast." All right, buddy. We appreciate it. All right, take care. Take care. That's Jr. on the hotline two zero five three four two nine nine zero four. We'll take a break, and we will come back and welcome in front office sports college reporter Amanda Kristovich next here on Off the Edge Tide one hundred point nine. Your home for Alabama sports. Ew. Alabama football countdown clock is driven by Crawford Insurance, Tuscaloosa's low-cost auto insurer. Call 752-6489 for a free quote today. There are there are there are 60 days until Alabama football. 
Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Sky partially sunny this afternoon. The chance of scattered showers and thunderstorms through the evening hours. The high today 86, tonight's low 71. Tomorrow occasionally cloudy with scattered to numerous showers and thunderstorms. The high at 83. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 81 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Follow Off the Edge on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube for live streams and instant analysis. Off the Edge with Jacob Harrison continues. We're back on Off the Edge Tide 100.9. You're home for Alabama sports. I'm Jacob Harrison. Hanging out on a Tuesday morning. Enjoying the new slot. Embracing the weird that has come with it as well. Uh, I didn't know what to do with my hands for two hours uh, from 9 to 11. So, uh, But we're here and we're getting it done here on a Tuesday morning. Getting ready to speak with front office sports college reporter Amanda Kristovich. Front Office Sports has done an absolutely incredible job by my account, uh, keeping up with all of the, the latest in the NIL uh, deals and contracts and networkings that the, these college athletes have put together. So I was very excited to, to get in touch with Amanda and figure out a, a time to, to get her on, and that time is now. Amanda, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. I got to say, I've been very, very impressed with what Front Office Sports has done over the weekend. Uh, Of course, you know, most people hear hear the name Front Office Sports and and they know what's going on. But, uh, you know, now it's a it's kind of a brand new venture for for you guys to to look at something uh, new when it comes to these college athletes and how they're able to be compensated off something that, you know, is theirs by birthright, name, image and likeness. Uh, What's kind of been yours and, and your team's reaction uh, throughout the first weekend of, of the open NIL policies? Well, our initial reaction, I think, was just excitement. This is something that we've been reporting out for, um, me personally, the better part of a year. Obviously, we knew it was coming since 2019. Um, we've been covering all angles of, you know, what types of athletes might be able to sign deals, uh, what the legal repercussions might be of uh, the good and the bad. And, you know, we were just really excited to see, um, you know, this flood of deals coming in. We weren't, we weren't surprised. Um, but obviously it's been a whirlwind, to say the least, um, you know, but it's, it's a new era and we're, uh, we're looking forward to covering it. One of the uh, things that, that honestly surprised me a little bit, uh, I, I'm a football gump that, you know, I try to pay attention to other sports, but sometimes I don't give them the credit they're due because they're not football. And that, that, that's my problem. I'm working on that. But when it comes down to it, one of the most awesome things that to see out of that first weekend were the, the female athletes that were really paying off. Uh, most notably, it was Olivia Dunn and the Cavendier twins from Fresno State. But 
just across the board, you know, that was something that was seen as kind of one of the arguments against NIL was, well, it's a Title IX nightmare. Uh, how are you going to be able to to help out these these students that that play on non revenue generating sports and all those sorts of things? But it really seemed like women, you know, were able to flex on this first weekend of NIL. Absolutely, I, you know, I'll just say that the argument that Title IX was going to be negatively impacted by name, image, and likeness um, is just not based in reality. Title IX only has to do with institutions that are funded by the government. And name, image, and likeness, you know, obviously athletes are signing deals with third parties. So it has really nothing to do with Title IX, and I'm not really sure why that became such a big boogeyman. Um, you know, but, but you have to think about the fact that many of these women's sports athletes have even fewer opportunities to reach the pros than the men's sports athletes. There are fewer leagues and fewer spots in those leagues. So their time to be famous and to capitalize on their athletic abilities now. So, you know, name image and likeness is, is only going to be a good thing for these athletes. And on the same face as that, a lot of folks want to come at this and say, well, it's a very selfish thing, you know, and, and I, I can't get into that because it's it's rooted in capitalism and it works the way that it does uh, to benefit those who can benefit themselves. Uh, but oftentimes we're, we're overlooking some of these uh, more simple and, and more basic things that, that have come across. One of my favorite things that I've seen through front office sports was the UCAA advocacy group. Uh, where student athletes are, are using NIL to give back to those, uh, whether it be teammates or whether it's back to communities. You just talk about what the UCAA is and, and you know, it, its impact and, and things like it that can help boost NIL uh, to become something that, that's seen as a positive. Yeah, so the UCAA is the United College Athlete Advocates. Um, it was a group launched by current and former NCAA athletes and the purpose of it is to serve as like a voice for college athletes because as everyone knows college athletes don't have a union there's an organization called the national college players association um it's a nonprofit. um but while all the pro leagues they all have unions that can collectively bargain for them and advocate for them when it comes to everything from economic rights to safety college athletes don't really have that um, so this organization, they launched on July 1st to say, hey, you know, we want to advocate for NIL. We're a bunch of current and former athletes, some of whom were involved in the We Are United movement, the Pac-12 football players um, and other athletes started during COVID, if you remember that. Mm -hmm. um, and they're advocating for all different types of rights. They want LGBTQ plus uh, rights. They want mental health. They want gender and racial equity they want health and safety guidelines. Um, and so to them, NIL is just the first step in rights for NCAA athletes. That's awesome. And I, those are the things that, that kind of fall by the wayside. You know, we all think about, you know, like Derek King and many of his, you know, first steps into NIL were, were big deals and, and big opportunities. We think about the top tier athletes that, that are able to get things done quickly, uh, but we're often overlooking and not giving a shot you know, in, in our minds to, to some of the, to the, the smaller sports and to some of the lower divisions, but nonetheless, you know, and, and even 
Derek King himself is going to be helping his teammates out as well. But when it comes down to those smaller schools and the lower divisions, uh, I've seen you pay some attention to uh, some Division three and Division two schools that are still going to be able to take advantage of this. Uh, it may have to be more on a local scale and those sorts of things, but there's certainly still opportunities for those schools and those athletes. Absolutely. And, and the thing about NIL is that you don't have to be famous on TikTok because of your sport, right? Like I spoke with um, a Division Three athletics department official, and she was telling me that she has a couple athletes who are famous on TikTok, and they have, you know, thousands of followers, and they can now monetize that. They're not necessarily famous because of their sport, but, um, you know, athletes have business ideas, entrepreneurial ventures, um, you know, and fame on uh, social media, regardless of what division they're in. And so all of those athletes are going to be able to benefit. Obviously, uh, the Division Three lacrosse player may not make as money as Derek King, <laughs> you know, but, like, they, they still now have a world of possibilities that they didn't have before. And they are going to make money, too. I mean, NAIA athletes have been able to profit off their name, image, and likeness since last October. And there's one athlete who recently signed a deal, you know, an endorsement deal for $18,000, just because she has a lot of TikTok followers and an entrepreneurial venture. So, you know, all divisions, everyone's going to benefit. Yeah, that's that's the the wild thing. We all remember the UCF kicker uh, who chose his YouTube channel over his, his football scholarship uh, because the, the money was already there and, and his passions already lied there. But, I mean, it's not just so so much about being famous on TikTok or Instagram or, or YouTube, but you get all the – you can get – you know, for some of these players, get bigger sponsorships off of those channels than than you can strictly through football. Uh, so there's plenty of plenty of room for everybody to to really benefit here. Uh, I'm kind of curious though, Amanda. Uh, we're talking to Amanda Kristovich, front office sports college reporter here on Off the Edge, Tide 100.9. I'm Jacob Harrison. What was one of your favorite NIL deals that that you saw come through over the July Fourth weekend? Ooh, that's a great question. You know, I really haven't seen one that has topped the um, the Trainox PetSmart deal. Yeah. <laughs> I just it was really cute. The hus like him as husky. Um, uh, like I, I was texting my friends about it over the weekend, and I really haven't seen one um, that personally is better. I'm I'm allergic to dogs, so I can't have one. So anytime you know I can sort of live vicariously, I thought that was a great. That was a great deal, um, you know. But from a business perspective, I guess you could say um, I, I really liked this idea that um, this one company, American Top Team, I believe, is offering five hundred dollars a month to every football player at Miami because I think that just goes to show that um, you know the the founder of one of the NIL companies, Open Doors, Blake Lawrence, uh, Blake Lawrence, the founder, he told me that. Um, you know, college athletes are often the top influencers at their um, their universities. And, and so that, that Miami deal just goes to show that, like, you know, whether or not you're a name brand guy on this football team, you have clout at your university and, ask, and, and companies want to capitalize off of that, right? So um, those are a couple of my favorites. Certainly, uh, with the with the dog in PetSmart, my wife uh, actually works at PetSmart, so I'm obliged to say that that I'm a big fan of that one as well. 
but also there because I know that there are Alabama football players that bring their dogs in to get bathed and groomed by my wife and her team. So, uh, you know, listen up <laughs> and take advantage here locally with your local pet smart. Uh, with the Miami deal, though, uh, certainly that's new, new news this morning. And uh, I've seen a lot of people react kind of differently to that, where they're concerned about the boosters involvement and, uh, you know, it being very close to pay for play rather than just NIL. Uh, can you clear up anything in that regards and, and kind of what's going into it? Uh, what rules apply to Miami that that kind of don't approve, excuse me, that don't apply to uh, Florida and as well as here with us in Alabama? Yeah, I, I think the one thing to point out, you know, I think Alabama in particular, um, you know, the the NIL law that you guys have um, tries to give some ways to prevent, quote unquote, pay for play and boosters getting too involved. But here's the thing, you know, obviously, boosters have been a boogeyman, you know, that uh, the Washington Post had had a headline the other day that was saying that um, college athletics used to be the scandal beat, pay, you know, paying attention to who's getting under the table payments from boosters and things like that, you know, and, and the idea is that that's partially a recruiting advantage that, 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 you know, is unfair, you know, but I would like to point out, and I'm sure you and your listeners know this very well, um, that some schools have recruiting advantages more than others, regardless of name, image, and likeness. The recruiting landscape is already very lopsided. Um, some schools have way more resources than others. I don't have to tell you that. So, you know, yeah, it, it may be a concern, and, and I, I think it may be hard to police this idea that, you know, wink, wink, nod, nod, these companies will be interested in paying you for your NIL services if you come to our school. But, like, there are already so many recruiting disadvantages um, or advantages, depending on what school you're at. I, I just don't know how that makes the landscape much different than it was before. Certainly, certainly. Another big deal that, that came through that, that had some people scratching their ha heads and other people uh, really praising the the go-getter attitude a little bit was uh, Master P's son, Hersey Miller, uh, who signed on with uh, Tennessee State to play college basketball, uh, signs a $2 million deal worth, or excuse me, a $2 million deal with uh, web apps America uh, this one kind of caught a little a lot of people off guard a little bit the the news broke through TMZ and then it uh, some people did some digging on web apps America had like 37 likes on Facebook uh, but it's supposed to be this tech company with a lot of uh, upward movement what what can you tell us about uh, Hersey Miller's deal with web apps America yeah I haven't done a ton of uh, specific reporting into this particular deal. But what I can tell you is that it didn't really surprise me. I, I mean, look, you know, I think people are doing digging on Web Apps America and who they are and why they have all this money. Um, and, and I certainly don't think that this is going to be the benchmark for, for NIL deals, you know, just throwing a kid $2 million, $2 million but, you know, hey, good for him. I, but, but I do think that, like, there are going to be brands that are going to be willing to pay that amount of money. And I will say from a PR standpoint, now everybody knows what Web Apps America is. It's possible they just, you know, again, I haven't done specific reporting. This is just my, me taking a wild guess. Right. But we're all talking about them. So maybe them giving $2 million 
you know, and getting all the headlines was was the PR that they thought that they needed and was worth it. And and it is working, right? Everyone is, you know, for better or for worse. So they're now <laughs> they're now aware of who Web Apps America is. Um, you know, I mean, a couple experts have suggested that this is going to be a billion dollar industry. So, uh, you know, in a few years. So I, I guess I, I just wasn't super surprised. Um, I don't think it's going to be very common that there are going to be, you know, there's going to be one deal upwards of a million dollars. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if some athletes were able to make that much money every once in a while, cumulatively. No doubt. I mean, everybody should get what, what what's coming to them and just you know, from my perspective is a little bit of let's just make sure that these guys have the athletes, you know, best interest and their best interest as well. The things, you know, kind of, kind of meet up. Hopefully they're good for the $2 million, you know, uh, exactly. on, on the same wavelength though, is the involvement of agents where it's kind of a, a risky deal where, uh, at least in football, you know, the NFLPA has kind of said, okay, this is what you can and can't do. It's still a pretty big, big gray area. So, you know, just make some sense with what you're doing. Uh, but, you know, the other professional leagues really kind of haven't stepped in and said anything. But it's still something that concerns a lot of folks is, is how, how far these agents are going to be willing to go, how far they're going to be able to help, what they can and can't do with NIL. Uh, and really, you know, especially for sports other than football, you know, it, it's kind of down to who's able to govern these, these agents and their dealings with these players uh, outside of, you know, the coach for that specific player uh, who's still got to know ins and outs of the rules that go with the, the state or the school that they're at uh, kind of touch on, on how agents uh, what their role can kind of be with NIL and, and the fears that come along with that. Yes. So agents are going to play, I, I, it seems already, right? They're going to play a major role with the top 1% of the 1% of college athletes, right? right. Um, they're going to, be, because those are the athletes who are going to be overwhelmed with requests. Those are the athletes who, you know, where the agents can actually make money because the deals are going to be worth a lot. Um, but again, a couple of experts have told me who work in the space that like the vast majority of athletes aren't going to be using agents, nor are they really going to need them. I obviously think that the discrepancies in the state laws, all of these school policies, it's really confusing. I mean, I, you know, I spend eight hours a day in this chair, like trying to make sense of it. I can only imagine what it's like to be 18 years old, you know, playing a sport and try, you know, and, and studying and trying to figure it out. Um, you know, but, but look, there are regular students who aren't athletes who are making plenty of money off of their name, image, and likeness, and, and they don't have, they don't have agents. So, um, you know, the experts have really said they, they, they don't think that agents are going to play a huge role, um, with the average athlete doing the smaller endorsement deals. Um, you know, I will say that looking ahead, the Congress is planning, at least, to pass a uniform federal NIL law to sort of supersede all of these state laws um, and to get the, um, the schools kind of on the same page as well. And, and so that law might govern agents. That law might, you know, have something to say about how the agents have to be accredited, right, to make sure they're not, you know, they're legit, they're not taking advantage of athletes, but also 
to give the more, you know, the bigger agencies an indication of what they are and aren't allowed to do. But we have no idea when we're going to get that information. And the NCAA has totally punted on it for legal reasons. Um, they're not going to give us clarity on that either. They wanted to, but they, they just can't legally at this point. So um, I guess we'll just have to wait for uh, the folks in Washington to tell us uh, what the deal is going to be with that. Oh, that, that sounds like the master plan. Uh, we're talking to Amanda Kristovich, college sports reporter, front office sports here on side 100.9, off the edge. I'm Jacob Harrison. Uh, your buddy there, Dan Lust, uh, who I know you're going to have something uh, going on tomorrow with the college interview series for front office sports. Uh, he posed an interesting question, uh, and I've seen a lot of discussion surrounding it, but where does the NCAA go from here? Can, can it feasibly exist in the same state? five, 10, 15 years from now, or is it going to have to make some, some evolutionary choices based off the fact that, you know, like you said, they kind of threw their hands up uh, with this whole NIL thing. Who knows if they're going to be able to, you know, get back in to be able to try to govern or do anything of the type in the future. What, what should fans kind of expect from the NCAA moving forward? I think fans should expect, the same thing that we've always seen with the NCAA, which is that they only change when forced to by law or public opinion, but usually a combination of both. There are already a few lawsuits that are in the works. Um, obviously, Dan is the expert on that, and that's partly, partly what I'll be chatting with him um, about tomorrow. But there are already some lawsuits in the works that are pushing even further with um, college athletes' economic rights. With, uh, they're pushing for group licensing. They're pushing for athletes to be classified as employees to be paid minimum wage um, or at least be allowed to be paid minimum wage. Um, and, and so I think what we can expect in the next five or ten years about what NCAA sports look like is what the courts tell us they can and can't look like. Um, the NCAA does not want to change. They've never wanted to change. Um, and I, I mean, with NIL, it was a battle, you know, I, I spoke with an economist who has been involved in fighting the NCAA in court for decades. And he was like, I thought we were going to be, you know, with the Alston decision, I thought we were going to be here, you know, six or seven years after I started in the early 2000s and look how long it's taken because the NCAA, you know, they like the status quo and I can't say I blame them. They make money. Um, you know, they don't have to put a lot of their own dollars. They have a system that funnels profits from some sports to others. And, um, you know, the courts are going to decide what the NCAA is going to look like in a decade. One final question. A lot of folks are kind of split a little bit on whether or not the NCAA or, or anyone should be permitted to go back and retroactively fix uh, some of the past violations. Of course, Reggie Bush got a lot of uh, notoriety and interest buzzing uh, on the first day, on July 1st, with trying to get his Heisman back. Heisman Trust says we're open to the idea, but the NCAA's got to budge and uh, those sorts of things. We, we've advocated here. Uh, we've had... You know, some some on our staff advocate to to give back some vacated wins here from Alabama. Uh, mm-hmm. Is there any kind of forethought as to to 
because of course there's no precedent in place to kind of help the NCAA make those kind of decisions. But but when it comes down to it, is, is do you see any kind of chance that that any of these kind of past violations and and the sanctions that have been imposed, uh, awards taken away that that any of that could be changed or given back. I don't know that the NCAA would want to do that just because, again, that opens them up to some legal trouble, potentially. Again, I'm not a lawyer, but a lot of the NCAA's fear with these lawsuits, that with lawsuits in particular that address sort of retroactive compensation and damages for athletes who, you know, didn't get their NIL rights a decade ago and lost money that they could have had if they had been in the NCAA now. You know, that's Pandora's box in court. So I would be surprised if the NCAA really wanted to to do that. Um, I think that they are dealing with the fact that, you know, the court of public opinion has changed and people don't see, you know, an under-the-table benefit or signing autographs or, you know, all these, you know, there were UMass tennis players who got, a championship vacated because they unknowingly got 252 extra dollars above their scholarship limit for like an obsolete phone jack in their dorm. And, and, and they're fighting, you know, the NCAA made enemies of them. That's for sure. They're now big advocates um, for economic rights and compensation. Um, You know, I mean, that decision is still being appealed. So maybe the NCAA will turn that over. I don't see how they can't at this point. But um, they're dealing with the fact that people just don't see these things as scandals anymore. Um, whereas, like a decade ago, everybody was always talking about the big scandal of an athlete getting paid for this or that. So um, I, I think public opinion has changed whether the NCAA uh, will do anything about it or not. Um, and with regards to Reggie Bush, I, I mean, I, I saw that, you know, the they, they were sort of Saying, you know, we'll follow the NCAA's lead. You know, if they they forgive him, we will too. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone has, quote unquote, forgiven him for something that, again, now the NCAA is saying everyone can and should do. So, um, you know, I I don't I don't know that they're going to give wins back, but I, I'm not like I, I don't know if you think this way, but I I don't know that it really matters because I don't think a lot of the public is really that. Um, you know, thinks they're huge scandals. I mean, I, I don't know. I could be wrong on that, but that's that's what I've seen. I think at the end of the day, the people want justice for their teams and they're not too concerned about everybody else. Uh, <laughs> yes, on, on a national yes. scene, people want to see Reggie Bush get his Heisman back. Uh, the $300,000, the car, the whatever, none of that had anything to do with the highlights that we still watch today of one of the greatest to ever do exactly. it, you know? So, and it doesn't make sense every year when we got to watch the Heisman ceremony, 2005 or 2006, whatever year it was remains empty. Uh, but the prior year when his quarterback, Matt Leinart won it is still sitting there, you know? So, uh, there, there's plenty to, to continue to, to look forward to, uh, with all the changes that are coming to college athletics on the whole, you can follow at a Christovich. Amanda Kristovich there on Twitter. Amanda, tell us uh, what, what you've got going on with Front Office Sports as well as the uh, first edition of the Front Office Sports College interview series with uh, with our guy, Dan Lust. Yeah, absolutely. So I write a weekly free uh, email newsletter about the business of college sports. 
you can find it at frontofficesports.com slash college. It's a very easy URL to remember. Um, it drops every Wednesday at noon Eastern, and I, you know, have original reporting and features on um, these days. It's lots of NIL, but a lot of other things, too, um, gender equity. You know, I followed a lot of what was going on with March Madness, for example. Um, and the FOS College Live interview series is also free to sign up for. We're going to be, um, you know, lining up people in the industry, the movers and shakers and the experts who can, you know, make sense of this, like, constantly changing world um, where there is constantly news. I thought Dan was a great guy to kick it off because he really does a great job of making sense, especially from the legal side of of what is going on in college sports and what we can expect. Um, but yeah, that is also free to sign up for. If you go to at FOS, our Twitter handle, you can find the sign up link pretty easily. So uh, yeah, that's what I, that's what I got going on. It's um, you know, it, it's a fascinating beat. It's ever changing and there's always something new to talk about. Amanda, we really appreciate you hanging out with us on our first edition here on the morning schedule. Uh, we'll look forward to talking to you again sometime. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks again for having me. Thank you. Amanda Kristovich, Front Office Sports. We'll, be, we'll take a break. We'll come back and uh, begin to close her down here on Off the Edge. Tide 100.9, your home for Alabama sports. Do you remember? Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Sky partially sunny this afternoon. The chance of scattered showers and thunderstorms through the evening hours. The high today, 86. Tonight's low, 71. Tomorrow, occasionally cloudy with scattered to numerous showers and thunderstorms. The high at 83. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 81 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to Off the Edge on Tide 100.9. We're back to close her down here on Off the Edge, Tide 100.9. You're home for Alabama sports. I am Jake Harrison. If you missed any of our conversation with Amanda Kristovich, you can check it out in the podcast center on Tide109.com or through the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9 app is your best friend as a Crimson Tide fan. Whether you need written contact, content, audio, you name it, the Tide 100.9 app has got you covered. Wall-to-wall with content on everything that you need to know as a Crimson Tide fan. When it comes down to it, though, uh, a few of the uh, big stories that that have kind of broke over the past few hours, one that that really caught my attention was uh, Malachi Moore, who is going to be giving back a portion of his proceeds to uh, a child from his hometown. And you can can buy his jerseys on... uh, online on his shop from uh, mygamedayshop.com and first of all I gotta say everything on there is pretty reasonably priced and uh, there's a $25 uh, autographed photo of him there, there's different sizes but uh, there's a $25 one uh, that's something that I might get honestly just for the sake of en- endorsing or, or not endorsing but supporting your athletes uh, here at Alabama but he's going to be giving back pro- 10% of his proceeds to help uh, Ford Betram, 
uh, trustful Alabama native who's battling leukemia. So all of his uh, jersey sales go towards that. So And you can read about that story there on Tide109.com as well. Uh, you got something, Joe, on that? Oh, I just think it's awesome, and it's a great way to uh, support our, our athletes who are who are trying to uh, give back to the community. And, and it's another layer of name, image, and likeness. You know how 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 often did you know were, were, were their college athletes who oh I want to do X or Y or Z? Uh, didn't Trevor Lawrence have an have have a a charity thing that he wanted to get involved mm-hmm. in last year and was un- really unable to do so because of uh, re- restrictions from the NCAA. I think it's a, just another layer that uh, uh, that name, image, and likeness provides for the athletes. Najee Harris had a, a child that, that he was helping out as well uh, around the Ole Miss game where he went off and scored five touchdowns uh, and dedicated the game to the kids. So, But, of course, you know, as far as charity or anything like that goes, there was nothing he could do outside of that. Uh, another big story, and Joe, I definitely want to get your opinion on this. Uh, Tyson Fury says that he wants to get up to 300 pounds so that he has knockout power against Deontay Wilder. Uh, you and I both kind of think that Tyson Fury is going to win anyway, which you know is kind of sacrilege to say around here, but the role that he's on and, and the way that, that the last two fights have gone. Uh, do you think 300 pounds is what puts him over the, the top and he can knock out Wilder? Well, I think he needs to be careful with that because I think one of his big advantages is is the way that he moves for a big man. Yeah. And, and I think that if he is going to be looking to put on weight, he needs to make sure that he still has his agility and still can move around the ring. Because if he slows down, uh, that's one way that Deontay Wilder can, 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 could possibly win this fight by by catching a slowed down uh, Tyson Fury. Now, yeah, like, what, what more does he need? He basically, more or less, knocked out Deontay Wilder in the last fight i know it's a tko not a not a true knockout yeah. but more but he was beating be, beating him up pretty badly uh so yeah i would caution him i i would caution him uh putting on that weight i would i would caution him and say you better make sure that you still have the uh the foot the uh, the, the quick feet where you can dance around the bronze bomber fury weighed in at 273 in their previous fight and uh which was heavier than Wilder, but Wilder walked to the ring with 40 pounds of gear, and apparently that played a little bit of a role. I didn't buy that. Still don't buy that. Uh, but nonetheless, I, if I'm Fury, I'd, I'd joke about that. I wouldn't be totally serious. I, he's the Gypsy King for a reason. Tell Wilder that you're going to get up to 300 so that you change Wilder's training regimen, still come in at 273, still be spry and able to move and, and dodge all of those thunderous right hands and get out with another dub. I'm not rooting for Fury. I'm still going to root for Wilder. It's just uh, you, you got to see real and recognize it a little bit when it comes to, to Tyson Fury. Uh, more news, East-West Ryan game is now partnering with the NFL, moving to Las Vegas, uh, and it'll take place on Thursdays of the Pro Bowl week. I think that's going to be an interesting partnership. Of course, the Senior Bowl is already kind of partnered up with the NFL as well, so that can we'll see if maybe that'll allow the East-West Shrine game uh, to get a little bit more notoriety as it's on the Thursday before the Senior Bowl now. And with the NBA Finals tipping off tonight, game one between the Phoenix Suns and the Milwaukee Bucks. Give me the Suns and five. Suns and five. Booker is too much. Giannis is constantly hurt. It's going to be a matter of who can stay healthy, I think. Uh, but I like what the Suns have got together, and it'll be an exciting time to see a team uh, without any rings in the cabinet go get one. So uh, Phoenix Suns in five. You heard it here. We appreciate Alabama Vintage. Appreciate Joe. Had a lot of fun. 
th- big thanks to Amanda Kristovich as well. We're out of here on a Tuesday. We'll see you again tomorrow. The Jay Barker Show is up next. Then Ryan Fowler, Ryan Fowler with the game. We'll take you home from 2 to 6, as well as Alabama tradition from 6 to 7. Wake back up with Martin Houston at 6 a.m., and we'll be back tomorrow at 11 a.m. for more Off the Edge.